You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Barkley straight ahead with a big hole. And running through is Saquon Barkley. And he's going in for a Giants touchdown. 78 yards. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan. How are you doing there, Mr. Grump? I am knee-deep in the middle of Christmas holiday party season, so if you hear a little bit of slurring, it's because I have been numbing myself for this 2-10 giant season. I wish I could say the same, but that will be me this weekend. <laughs> and it'll certainly be us on Sunday... Um, the Giants take on the Dolphins at home at 1 o'clock. It will be, I don't know, probably less entertaining than the Giants-Jets game. I'm thinking this is to be as miserable as possible. The weather's supposed to be shitty. You know, Is it? We're expecting rain. It's one of those 50 degrees and rain December games where you know two of the three worst teams in the league are playing, and you're going to see probably, you know, Twenty to 30,000 empty seats. It's just going to be brutal. But, you know, in the interest of journalism, we'll be there. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> and you know those those old, uh, you know, movies about, like, you know, the press and they're just drinking scotch all day while they write? It'll be something like that. Well, we'll be drinking the scotch, but, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, scoop. <laughs> um, so... It really is kind of interesting. We've seen this year, for the most part, this Giants team play poorly, but relatively close to their competition. I mean, we haven't seen too many blowouts. And the teams that they should be beating up on, they're losing in close games. And the teams they should have no business in, they're going into overtime and losing there. Um, It's it's very frustrating. And I, I think we think that this talent, you know, what the talent of this team is, is not a two and 10 team. You know, even though we're in the midst of a rebuild, we have a rookie quarterback, we have it up a secondary. That's been a sieve, all those different things, but we still don't think this team is, you know, expansion team bad or tanking bad. So to your point, you know, it's been very frustrating from that standpoint. It's been frustrating from a lot of standpoints, but you're right. You know, we didn't anticipate a team to be this bad, um, and we don't think this team is this bad. I mean, there's been other hindrances. We could talk about coaching. We could talk about a million things, but the end result is, uh, you know, they're not playing as well as they should be, despite all the things that were built in to prevent them from succeeding, like a rookie quarterback, etc. Um as of now, I don't think Daniel Jones has been ruled out for the game. He's been limited in practice this week. Which is surprising to me because I, you know, based on the reports last week, it sounded like he might be out a few weeks. And to hear he was even practicing, period, makes, I guess, we'll open up the discussion point. Is it even in his best interest to play if he's not 100% at this point? Is, is he better served for these final three games to sit and observe and learn that way or play 
not risking more permanent injury but not being at 100% effectiveness. Well, there's a cursory discussion here and that is what is 100% for week – what are we in? 15 in the NFL. I mean an NFL player goes through wear and tear. Nobody really is at 100% at week 15. So, you know, this ankle injury or not, Daniel Jones is not at what – normal people would consider 100% where they have no backache or, you know what I'm saying, no lingering thing that's just annoying them all year. But you're right. I mean, if if it's something that is going to impede his ability to do his job, does it serve him? Any, does he actually learn anything from it? Right. And this is all about learning and growing. And the one thing that, you know, comes off the page comparing Daniel Jones to what Eli Manning can bring to the table is Daniel Jones' ability to extend plays and do things with his legs. And if the ankle sprain is going to prevent him from doing that, you know, he could be a sitting duck in a pocket that's not been well protected. And that to me is kind of like, a, is it really worth it to have him out there if he's not learning and developing from this? So. And speaking of the pocket, um, Kevin Zeitler has been on the in, hasn't hasn't practiced yet this week. Um, he's been the most consistent and I would say best offensive lineman uh, that this team has had this year. Um, and, and frankly, I'm afraid to see what it looks like without him. The thing we worried about all year with this offensive line before the season started was we thought the starting five was adequate, but we were very afraid of the depth. And this is where, you know, all of a sudden, if you're losing, you know, Kevin Zeitler and, you know, all you people want to bench Nate Solder and all that, well, who's replacing them? And now, unfortunately, you're going to see the who's replacing him side of it, and it's not pretty. Well, don't worry, Mike. It couldn't get any worse. <laughs> Fair point from <laughs> Ding Dong Giant fan on Twitter. Yeah, um, they've been very fortunate with the health of the starting five. I mean, we've had we've had a couple of tackles having come in. There was I mean, one game in particular, the Jets game actually uh, was the game where I think we were missing three starting linemen for that game. Mm-hmm. Um. But we also we also Both think tackles that Nate, and Jalapio, right? We also think that Nate Solar hasn't been healthy for quite a while, or at least to your point, maybe hundred percent is in the word, but at the right. acceptable level of pain or injury tolerance that he needs to be fully effective. Yeah. Um I don't know. Uh so I guess I guess my take on this game upcoming is, is pretty simple. Um the story of Fitzmagic seems to have the same plot every time. It's like it's like, you know, a movie by whatever director you've seen that makes the same movie every single time. You know, you have the story of well they sign him, he's going to be the veteran backup to coach the the younger guy. Um the younger guy struggles a little bit or gets hurt. Fitzpatrick goes in, he lights up the scoreboard. They decide to keep him in when younger guy gets healthy or whatever. And they decide that's the best way to win. And then he has a game where he shits the bed. 
followed by another game where he shits the bed, and then a third game, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, this is why, this is why this guy never stays on a team and is never a starter for more than a year at a time." And he hasn't had that game yet, so it's a very good chance that it could be this week. I mean, the story for this game to me is a little more gloom and doom. It's <laughs> is this team going to lose and continue to lose to get the higher draft pick? And this is a game that, well, I don't advocate tanking per se. I am not going to be shedding a tear if we lose because of the longer end game of a better draft pick. And also, and also, and, and kind of re- sort of related to that. I don't think this is a game where Pat Shermer has to win it to save his job. I think the decision has already been made by management and ownership that, you know, it doesn't really matter if they beat a really bad Miami game team or if they lose to a bad Miami team that's going to really make a decision. No. I, you know, at this point now, this season is completely lost. We're completely thinking about 2020, you know, the the catalyst for the rebuild is your you know rookie quarterback who's not even playing you know I, right now it's for what kind of pride do these players have what what is their internal you know fortitude are they are they you know do they show they're just a bunch of guys playing for a paycheck in the last three games or not but you know if we lose this game you're not going to see me super pissed off and wanting to burn the house down i'm going to deep down be thinking the end game is to rebuild this team, and that might help us. So I know it's not a popular opinion. I know it's kind of a goes against competition and all, but listen, this is reality. Well, there's two things I'm going to say about that. Uh, the first is I agree with you on Monday morning. Sunday, I'll be pissed if we lose. I won't shed a tear, but it's frustrating to go see a competition and see your supporter your your supported team just fail, especially with a game that you think that they should win. So by Monday when I've calmed down... Yeah, there's two different things to that, Grump. There's in the heat of the game, I want them to win. I'll be rooting for them to win. I'll be like cheering first downs and touchdowns and we'll do our thing. But if we lose, I'm going to have about a third of a second of being mad about it. I'm moving on from it. That's the difference between where we are in week 13 of a horrible season and any other season. I agree. Um, you know, any other season, I would be pulling myself back from flipping over tables if we had lost this game. Mm-hmm. This year, I'm not even close to that, but I will be annoyed about it for the rest of eh, – for a couple hours after the game if anybody were to ask me about it. And people do, you know, say, oh, what would you think of the game? Like. What do you think I thought of the game, man? Come on. But, I mean, that, yeah. that's sort of my reaction. But, what, but by Monday, I'm just like, you know, losers lose. Good? <laughs> oh, losers lose for sure. But what will make you the most annoyed by losing this game? Is there something that's going to be like, just, you know. I, I'm, I'm going. I'm spending money. I'm. I'm yeah. I, yeah. But at this point, it's kind of almost validation and confirmation of all the things that are why this team is bad. You know, this team is. If they lose to a bad Miami team, it's going to be most likely the same things that have happened for the last nine, it's ten just, weeks. It's just, it's just annoying to watch. I, I, I know and oh, I understand. Oh. I can I can already see the game I, in my head how they lose this. 
But to actually mm-hmm. physically endure it, it has a lasting effect on me for a couple hours this year. On a normal year, it has a lasting effect on me for like the whole week. Yeah, I think I am now just so numb to it and just so looking forward or just looking beyond this year that I'm just like happy. Yeah. You know, okay, next. You know, who's on the schedule next week? You know, we, we lose to that. Here's what happens. Or if we win, great. But, you know, it's just kind of – it's a horrible situation we're in right now to be in this um, – well, I'm in more than you, I think. But just this emotional state of let's just get this season over with and what's the best possible scenario that can happen. I mean that's not what you want to be as a fan. You know, and you know we are very competitive people. We – you know, if we're not in this horrible doldrums that we are, we'd be right. We'd be super pissed. That that train ride will be would be a yeah. quiet as a pin drop. But you know that train will not be quiet as a pin drop. People are kind of, you know, and that's that's not easy to deal with. But it's kind of yeah, what it is. The other thing I was going to say is um, I think fans have a misconception of what tanking is. Tanking is when a coach doesn't play players. Or a GM moves on from players to ensure a higher draft pick. Not, I mean, players don't tank. Players could give a shit. Players may not be here next year anyway. Their job is to play right. as good as possible so that if they are cut by a team that's tanking, someone else will pay top dollar for them because of what they put on film. So tanking, I mean, it really comes down to who is rolled out there on any given play. If they're out there, they're playing their hardest. If they're not, then they're just – they're already making money. Is coaching and with a directive from upper management telling them don't put your best players out there. Don't you know, do everything it takes to win a game. That's what yeah. tanking is. And that's, that's an organizational decision that starts with ownership, goes through the GM to the coaches. Pat Shermer – is this close to being fired? Tanking does him yeah. no good because you know he has his brand as football coach of the New York Football Giants is shot. Nobody believes that he is a guy that's going to re, you know, make this team come from the ashes back to being a playoff team and a contender. So he is going to do everything he possibly can to his ability. To try to win. Now, his track record with the Giants and his career proves that his ability is rather weak. But he's going to do what he can to win because his job's on the line. GM has, you know, we both think much more of a longer leash. Ownership obviously isn't going anywhere. So this team isn't tanking to lose on purpose, but they will. Some people in this organization will benefit from the results of losing. So the report came out today. Um, well, I, I guess it's not really a report. It was, people were asking. Jordan Radon has has heard whispers that Dave Gettleman's seat is a little bit hotter than you and I think. And Benjamin Albright has said basically the same thing, that both seats are red hot. I guess, I guess my, my thought is, do, do you... I don't know. How do you feel about that? I mean, personally, there's no love here for me for Gettleman, but I, I think that 
any GM needs some time to execute a plan, and and giving up on it, I mean, it seems a little premature to me. First of all, I saw that yesterday from Jordan Raynon, and my first thought was, that's a hot take because some people. Whenever you hear some people say, or I've heard, my first reaction is always is, who was it? You know, is it a reporter saying that? Is it? A- uh, an official for another team? Is it a Giants official saying that? So I take that with an incredible grain of salt. You know, people run with these kind of I've heard comments and it all of a sudden becomes gospel. Um, yes, I, we, I need to restate this because I'm being accused of it on Twitter and people I know that I am not a Gettleman apologist. I have no stake in the game of Gettleman's days here. I just think that this team, despite what people say, has not been rebuilding for seven years or ten years. This team finally got real with the rebuild once they hired Dave Gettleman. Dave, um, Jerry Reese was not rebuilding this team. Jerry Reese was trying to chase a pipe dream that it was still a contender and still could make the playoffs. And because of his bad drafting – was chasing it with overspending for free agency to fill holes that he thought could make this team a playoff team. And the result is this team has sucked because there's not been a core of young guys, you know, and we've had to overspend. That is not the same as a rebuild. A rebuild requires tearing it down. And a tear down means you will probably be worse before you're better. You're going to get rid of players who have more talent, but because of their contract, because of attitude, because of whatever, are being purged from a roster. So you're not going to have a Snacks Harrison. You're not going to have a Landon Collins. You're not going to have an Eli Apple. You're getting rid of these guys, getting rid of their contracts means the talent level is worse, and it's going to dip before it gets better. And people are super fucking pissed because we're 2-10. and 10. That must mean that Gettleman is not doing his job, and that is not the case. He this team has finally succumbed to the rebuild. And don't believe what you hear from a coach or a GM or an owner. Everything they say is horseshit. They are still trying to sell tickets also. They will never say they're in a rebuild. They're still When they say, well, we're still trying to make, make a run at the playoffs or we think Eli's the best guy to do it. or That's all gobbledygook horseshit to try to keep you engaged. Because if they say we're going to be worse before we're better – There'll be mutiny in this town. So that's my take on Gettleman and this whole thing. So when I hear that Rayon says that he's on the hot seat, I would like to hear somebody who's really connected saying he's on the hot seat. Or this is not going to the plan what's expected because this is exactly what's been expected. Maybe we could be a four-win team with better coaching, but it's still a team in a rebuild that's still pretty shitty. I, I couldn't have said any of that better myself, honestly. Um, I guess the other big thing here is um, Janoris Jenkins was in the news this week. Um, he is currently not practicing due to an ankle injury, and his status for the game is up in the air. However, I, despite being one of the top three best players we have on defense – 
um, and definitely the best player in our secondary. I'm a little bit less worried about the depth behind him than I am Kevin Zeitler, especially because he's not he's protecting the end zone, not the franchise. Um, he, on, I guess it was Wednesday, while he was sitting on the bike on the side at practice, he had his cell phone and was tweeting. And he's been, you know, a little bit more interactive with fans than he normally is lately. Not anything bad, just, you know, just talking to people more than I've seen. And uh, he was kind of just, he was going on and on about uh, his stats, but how nobody's, nobody's talking about how well he's actually playing this year. They're only bringing up the bad. And uh, somebody decided to tell him that all of his stats mean nothing because they are still to win team. And he responded by telling him that he can only do his job and called him a retard. Um, and uh, this was brought to Pat Shermer's attention, who obviously didn't know about it because it happened at practice. Um, so when he was talking to the media after practice, it was he was like, oh, I didn't know about that, but he's not supposed to be tweeting at practice. And, uh, you know, he didn't really, he kind of non-apologized, apologized today. Um, and the backlash seems to be about, you know, if they're serious about changing the culture, they need to cut Janoris Jenkins right now. And I just don't agree. Uh, I don't think it is that serious. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not going to defend it. Um, but it's just, I mean... Today's NFL, we're worried about real distractions and, and actual crimes. And, you know, this is a team that had Josh Brown on it, that re-signed Josh Brown after an incident occurred. Um, I, I don't care. Well, I mean, we live now in the offended culture. We live in the canceled culture where people are just looking for things to, you know, destroy these guys. Um, I don't listen, you know, I, when I get in a fit of rage on Twitter or in person, I, I may say you're, you're really retarded for saying that. It just, is it the right thing to say? Probably no, but you know, it's just kind of a figure of speech. The problem with this society is people take every word that said literally to mean if I say a word, I am directly trying to offend this group of people. Let's not even talk about that stuff for now. That's silly. We're just going to start a culture war, which I don't want to do on this show. The bigger problem for me is that Janoris Jenkins is trying to defend his play above the team. And he's more concerned about his numbers, his stats, his reputation than worrying about what this team is doing. And that, to me, that's the culture problem of this team. And, you know, it's good that he interacts with the fans and, he, you know, they can go back and forth. But when he's trying to be defensive and, like, how come nobody's noticing how good I'm playing, you know, that's a me-first mentality that, you know, really this team doesn't need as you're trying to rebuild it completely. Now we, everybody knows my feelings on Norris Jenkins. I have a much longer history with Norris Jenkins than most of giant fans do back when he was at Florida. The guy's a piece of shit. He always has been. He always will be. That's my opinion. But, you know, we, he made some strides. We thought by 
being annoyed a couple weeks ago that he's not being the guy to shadow the best receiver. We thought that was something that's like, oh, that's the competitive streak in him, and he still hasn't checked out yet. But now it seems like maybe he wants to, you know, cover the best guy because he wants to look good for either his next contract or just, you know, make himself feel better. And, you know, it just puts me back in the shithouse with me. I, 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 we don't need guys like this on this team. And, yes, it may be better choice of words. I mean, shouldn't call people a retard. Not nice. But I think the bigger problem is just the the me-first attitude, which this team doesn't need. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I don't think, for me, he's in any direction from where he was last week. I think he's still the same. I think he is frustrated with losing and knows that he's playing well. He wants to keep playing well, whether it's for this team or the next team. I don't think he cares that much. I think he just wants to play and be utilized to his best ability, whether it's for his own stats or the team's success, whatever. But that's a conversation. That's a conversation though you have with you, your agent, and management. That's fine. And that's if, fine. And now with this management, you have that conversation with you, your agent, and the open market. Not with fans. Not when a team is two and ten. Not when the worst part of this team is the unit you're involved in. That's not the time and place to say, "Well, I'm playing good." Fuck you. Yeah. No, I mean, I get it. I get Who it. Gives a shit what you are. I get it. But the idea that that he needs to be cut because, you know. That's not going to happen. But that, that what I'm saying is that this incident has no bearing on this man's fate. I mean, there's a, we were speculating based on finances alone and the drafting this year, the heavy investment in the young secondary, that there was a good chance that he was getting cut next year anyway. I don't think this incident has a single thing to do with this man's fate. Nope. It, it, if they decide to retain him, it's because they think that they need him at the cost that he's at. And that is what it is. It, it, they're not going to cut him because he's acting the way he's always acted forever. I mean, like, this isn't a change in his personality. This isn't revealing his inner character. This is who he is. This yeah. is who he was when they signed him for five years and however millions of dollars. They knew this about him. And you know what? The Rams knew that about him when they drafted him because he was coming out of North Alabama because he was kicked out of Florida. You know, I mean, this has been his history, and this is really not even close to the worst thing he's ever done. It's not even the same stratosphere. So spare me your high road bullshit well, with this. Well, I mean, that's our opinion of that. But, you know, again, like I said, we live in the Fine, a PC world. Fair, and people are fair. I, I'm sorry right. if I hold assault in a higher regard. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, that. that, that Assault in saying something offensive for apples and oranges, but people have a heightened sense of being offended as being a problem in society today. And however you feel about that, whatever you feel, but again, it's more about the attitude that he has, not the words that he said. And what they're going to decide to do in this offseason is do they feel that the secondary behind him, you know, is better than him. And like you said, is the value of keeping him on this roster for, for cap reasons worth it? Um, you know, for all we've been talking about for two years is, you know, Janoris Jenkins is going to get traded at the deadline. Janoris Jenkins is getting cut. Guess what? He's still here. He's still here. He's, 
He's like the last of the Mohicans. Yo, and not for so, nothing, but I'm just sorry, pissed off some people for making a Native American term. Yeah. So sorry, but he's still here for some reason. I mean, he's he's played better, more consistently than every other big free agent that was signed that year. That's a low bar. I mean, I, no, I don't think it is. I mean, we're talking about Snacks Harrison. He's played more consistent, and I would say better than him. Um, but he's the closest. I mean, JPP. I mean, the dude got himself in a car accident. I mean, of all, wasn't Snacks like third team All Pro with us? Uh, maybe, but third third team All Pro is still like third rotation in the All Pro. It's almost like saying he's not All Pro. <laughs> Okay, but it's still you know third of the both of them went to the 30th. Pro Bowl that year. I know it's not the same thing at all, but yeah, I, I get your point. But I, I mean, I, I mean, over the course of the, I mean, right now he's not even playing that much with the Lions. Janoris Jenkins is still one of our best players on defense. Um, and uh, Olivier Vernon has been basically you can say at this point after well he was signed in twenty sixteen. Yeah, pretty close to a bust signing. Not lift up to any kind. Well, we also overpaid for guys because of you know the need for them. So it's a sliding scale of how much you paid for them relative to what their worth is. Um, you know, good player, not a great player, has not played as well as Janoris Jenkins has. So I, I, I don't know. I think we've made our point pretty, pretty, pretty succinctly here. But I think the whole situation. I think is more revealing of Pat Shermer as a coach than it is of Janoris Jenkins as a player or, you know... Person. Why is a player tweeting during practice? Well, I mean, it's fine if he didn't notice it because he's running a practice. Yeah, but the rules are the rules. It doesn't seem... I understand, but it doesn't seem like there's been any repercussions. I mean, he hasn't disclosed that there's a fine or suspension involved, and that's fine. We don't know. There's a chance he was fined. I, I just don't feel like any of these players are scared of... Retribution. From he's going to be fired in three weeks. I, I mean, he's dead man walking as it is. I'd be like, "Fuck you too." I'd tweet right in his face if I if I was a player <laughs> on the Giants right now because they all know they're going to outlast this guy. I mean, the writing is on the wall, and as soon as you, and that's why it's one of these things like I just don't buy into. Well, if they beat Miami and they beat Washington and maybe they win against the decision's been made already. He, he's going to be gone, and it sucks that you know for a team that doesn't like to make fast changes that has to be done. But you know, there's no point in keeping somebody that's no pun, pun intended retarding the growth of this organization. Yeah. So, how do you feel about Sunday? What's your prediction for this game? I think we're actually going to win this game. I mean, we're bad because I think we're poorly coached and, you know, the fire is out of this team. But there's more talent on this team than Miami. Miami is a dreadful team. Miami was built to tank this season. They were built to get the first round, the first overall draft pick. And um, the weather's going to be shitty on Sunday. I, I think the Giants will actually, you know, it's going to be an ugly game. Eli is going to remind everybody once again why they were complaining about Eli for the last three or four years. Lack of mobility, you know, the fumbling, you know, the, the, the 
random bad throw in the end zone. You're like, what the hell are you doing? But I still think there's more talent on this team than Miami. And I see them winning something like 17-14 maybe. Lots of turnovers on both sides. Something we won't be watching NFL films anytime in the near future. I actually think you're right too. I think it'll be somewhere along the I think it's going to be closer to like 24-20. Um, I was encouraged with the amount of pass rush we saw last week. And uh, given the health of the defense and the dreadfulness, dreadedness, I don't know, how awful the Miami Dolphins offensive line is. I uh, I, I think that that's going to continue. And, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick brings some mobility to his game and some toughness. But um, he's not Lamar Jackson. He's so. a backup in this league is what he is. Yeah. So I'm not uh, – I, I'm expecting more of that. Uh, the real wild card for me is if Kevin Zeitler's playing, if he plays at what level, and how much that impacts this. I mean, the defensive line for Miami is not very good, but I don't think it takes very good to get past our backups on the offensive uh, line. Agreed. So, agreed. Yeah. And, and because that would be rushed right up the middle, and Eli has very little mobility at this point in his career, um, that that could completely devastate my prediction, but I I think that they'll be okay for this game and actually you know put up some points and we'll come out with a. Win. I think this is only the second time this year I picked them to win. Actually, I think I picked the I think I picked the Buck game for them to win as well. But um, I, I I think also you're going to see more again of the Eli Manning thing where again people. They just lost their memory from what Eli was in the previous three years. And the ones that were screaming the loudest that he was washed up and he was a fumble machine and a a turnover machine, all of a sudden they're just harking back to the glory days when they thought he was his brother or something. I mean, that's, you know, people complaining about Daniel Jones for fumbling. Go back and watch a game from week 15 last year or something. And every time Eli got hit, he was fumbling. How many bad throws in the red zone were there? You know, just inexcusable turnovers and things. And that's nothing to say against what we think about Eli Manning and how he should be in the ring of honor and this and that. But he was kind of done last year. And there's a reason, you know, he might have been the scapegoat why he was benched starting week three. But all of a sudden you think he's going to come back and be something that he wasn't. I think you're all fooling yourselves. Well, that'll be pretty much what we think going into Sunday. Uh, we'll be there nice and early for uh, a drink or seven. Oh yeah, Jameson room. Totally. Yeah. So if if any of you are, are buying thirty dollar tickets to go to this game, <laughs> um, you have some extra cash in your wallet. Go to the uh, go to this Jameson room. Yeah. Us out. We'll be we'll be the. We'll be the ones being escorted out. Yeah, buy your favorite host a drink. They, they really could use one. It's been a long year. We appreciate all you guys who have listened throughout this whole year. I know it's probably tougher for you guys than it is for us, and it's been really brutal for us. But, uh, yeah. you know, for any of you who are still listening, you know, and are still not only loyal Giant fans, but you're besides being frustrated, you're, you know, thinking about logically and realistically what's happening. We... You're the type of people we want to talk to, and you know, 
follow the show at Just Science Pod on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at the Cranky Fan. Follow uh, Grump at football underscore Grump, and you know we'd love to engage with you and get your opinions because we are in this together, and you know it's going to get better. It's just not happening as fast as you want it to, or as fast as I want it to. Wow, folks, there you have it. I mean, after after a couple of years now, the the winds of change are blowing, and the cranky fan with a very elegant segue. You know, it, it's when you have a couple of fashions in in your evening, and you know, you become the segue master. So now he's learned my secret. So <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you guys Sunday. Go Giants. Go Giants.